now, it's time for... No, I don't live in my parents' basement. A show that covers comics, movies, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Here's your host, B.J. Kennard and Adam Dellinger. And welcome to the show. I am B.J. Kennard along with Adam Dellinger. We are excited for this week. And though I'm a little sad about one thing that we are going to talk about because I was really excited by this and then realized that it is what is called false hope. And that's my fantasy football team. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I got excited. So we'll break this down for a quick second. I've been in the same fantasy football league. I call it my money league. And I've been in it for 12 or 11 years, somewhere in there. I won it last year. I won, like, it's monopoly. Is it illegal if you bet real money in a... No, nobody cares. Like, but can they, could they get me? What's the dollar amount? LeBron's in a league that's... Like $10,000 a person, No, right? it's a hundred grand a person. <sighs> So I don't think, you know, nobody cares. And that's okay? So what you win? Five, six hundred bucks? Uh, yeah, I won just over five hundred, I believe. I think that's ours here. I think we're five, six hundred bucks. Yeah, I was not invited to play in this one here. That's because you were an afterthought. Oh, well, that makes me feel even better. That's <laughs> but, great. Uh, we were full. We couldn't invite you. Instead, no, that's you're, not what you're I meant. an afterthought. We had... The, the problem is, is that you have multiple jobs. I do, yeah. When the conversations of... Uh, that nature, such as uh, fantasy football or where's this party going to be for this event or whatever, you're mm-hmm. never here. Yeah. And honestly, BJ, we were scrambling to find people. Son of a bitch, because like my my TV league isn't happening this year. So I was in, I might have been in three last year. I was either in three last year or two years ago and two last year. I can't remember. And now I'm down to just one. And that's it. Can we kick anybody out of the one that's here? Hang on. Atwood. Yeah, come in. Adam quickly ran out of the studio and grabbed the commissioner of our of I'm sorry I can't say ours of the league here. We completely overlooked BJ, who's a good fantasy player, who's active and he's in several leagues. Now, where are we at on uh, people? Are we completely done? Because I was told no. that I was an afterthought. Because I told him because he's not here when we talk about this stuff. He's gone every day at That's noon, true. and so we just never think about it. Yeah. It wasn't on purpose. I, mean, I have no problem giving somebody the boot. <laughs> I mean, is there somebody we can kick out of the league and for me to have yeah, the spot? we can kick out Mark Crom. I wouldn't feel bad about that. He doesn't even work here anymore. Exactly. It, I don't have to see him. And we'd have to chase his money down, too. Yeah, I'm here. I can just be like, sorry, Mark, we made a miscalculation. Mark can be in the uh, – okay, Mark is a guy that used to work here. Yeah. And so he can be in the other league. Let's put BJ in. Yeah. I'm down. I don't, I don't when, have a problem with that. When's the draft? Uh, it's going to be Labor Day at 2 Yeah, I can't do that. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. That's fine. Uh, no, I'm, no, I'm good. I I won my money league last year, oh, yeah? and I and I've been in it for a long time. I've and I was in the in in the other league that I was in. I was in the championship game for that one as well. And then some injury made it to where I really wasn't going to stand a chance. So I'm I know what I'm doing. So BJ's in. We have a guy that that plays fantasy football and. Mark plays fantasy football too. The guy that we're going to kick out, but right. he well, like he doesn't work anymore. So. Not right, anymore. we have to chase his money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like this went very well. Awesome, thank you, Perfect. Atwood. Thanks, uh, Atwood. I'm sorry, Kamish. I can say that now. You know, that does sound. Say it one more time, Kamish, Commissioner Atwood, bro. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Like hey, that. can I tell a joke right now? Yeah, yeah, sure. What kind of shampoo? Oh God. What? <laughs> Here goes one of those dad jokes. <laughs> no, it's going to be a Batman joke. Do you guys know what kind of? Uh, Shampoo and product Batman uses in his hair? No. Conditioner Gordon. That's it. Man, I knew it. Like, <laughs> man, I couldn't remember it. Hey, thanks, that one. Thank Good you, man. Good. Yeah, Good. All right, so now I'm happy. You're in the league, dude. That, that just took a moment, and I appreciate that. Good. Oh. So now, all right, so I'm in two leagues, and uh, one of which I'm very excited about. No, so I've been in this money league for like 10 or 11 years. We were having the draft this past Friday night. Uh, my wife... My son and I were driving three and a half hours up the road for my son's soccer tournament. My draft is at 8.30, and I don't want to auto-draft. Have you ever auto-drafted and, and like, used that team? No. Because it's not so – well, we actually had a girl who auto, who couldn't make it one year, auto-drafted, and won, and her team crushed everyone every week. Well, it sorts – I mean, it sorts by best available according yeah. to whatever site you're using. There's no heart in it at all, and that sometimes can help you, sometimes that can hurt you. And not having that heart. So we leave here to make it there in enough time for me to do my draft by 8.30. We get to the hotel at 8.10. I got 20 minutes to get to the room, set up the laptop, and get things rolling. I'm ready. 
I didn't do a ton of research going into it, but I thought I did enough. There's been a lot of moves going on, but I use Matthew Berry, very predominant. Where would you rank Matthew Berry in prognosticators for fantasy football? Well, here's the thing. Matthew Berry is the equivalent of Mel Kuyper Jr. Mel Kuyper Jr. works for ESPN, and mm-hmm. his whole gig is he has been the guy that NCAA. has decided when and where college football players are going to be drafted. I feel like Mel Kuyper has a track record of, like, if we had to break it down, he's like 20% accurate. And I think that Matthew Berry is the same way, but because he's been doing it for so long, he is the most prominent and well-known fantasy. We should have had that conversation before. I took all of Matthew Berry's research to the hotel room. Now, Matthew Berry is well-educated, but I'm just saying, and, and he's a front runner in fantasy football analysis. Yes. I'm just saying that it's such a crapshoot that it's one of those things you can't be an expert at. Yeah, so I took his stuff. I even listened to uh, What's His Face's podcast. Bill Simmons. Yeah, Bill Simmons' BS podcast. podcast. Uh, with, when Matthew was on it, and I listened to that thing leading up to it, and I felt pretty good. And then my wife, as we're driving up, like I'm having her look at sleepers for different positions and some of this stuff or whatever, trying to make sure that I know what I'm doing. Start the draft up. I'm the fourth position out of 10 teams. And what they, the, the request, or not the request, but the first person that is in that spot is Ezekiel Elliott, which of course I'm not going to do that. Why would I? Right? Because he's in Cabo. He's not, not playing. Because the last time a Cowboys running back held out for a bigger contract, they came back and ran for 200 yards and led the league in rushing. 200 yards in their first game and led the league in rushing at the end of the season. Emmitt Smith did the same thing. But, but go I, ahead. But I don't know when he's coming back. That's sure, sure. Maybe he doesn't come back. Look at Le'Veon Bell. Whoever got Le'Veon Bell last year got nothing. I picked up James Conner in the draft, and I was sitting in the finals. Sure. So my first pick, I took the number five guy who was left because Kamara was gone, Barkley was gone, and the uh, Christian McCaffrey was gone. David Johnson, Matthew Berry and those guys, some other podcasts that I listened to would talk David Johnson up a lot. So I'm like, all right. And besides, he's the next available best person outside of Ezekiel Elliott. And I got dinged on that. I had people like, Why'd you, why didn't you pick Ezekiel Elliott? So that, so I guess my first mistake, David Johnson. And then I rolled in and I got the first or the best available wide receiver to me, Odell Beckham Jr. What's wrong with, what's wrong with this pick? Head case. But now he's in a new city. He's got a new team. Are you one of those people that believes that we've talked about this before, I think, where you can move to a new town and that just washes everything clean mentally, like all of a sudden you're better? I don't care, like, mentally if he's better. He can still catch the ball. And now he's got a younger, scrappier quarterback to throw him the ball and a dual threat out there with Jarvis Landry lining up on the other side of the field uh, to try to draw people over there, too. So Jarvis and him have uh, have a connection, too. So that's the one thing I would say. Like it's the one place he could have gone. Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. were, were roommates at LSU in college. Okay, they're, didn't know that. Yeah, they're best friends. They have been for a long time. Well, look at that. Matt's going to make him better. Yeah, well, sure. So I did that. So I don't feel like that's a bad choice there. I also got Baker Mayfield for my quarterback. At the time... The best quarterback I can choose. Aaron Rodgers has already been drafted. Uh, Pat Mahomes was the very first. He went in the first round of the draft, which was uh, crazy. I think the Baker Mayfield thing is a real gamble, too, by the way. But I had him last year, and he did gangbusters for me. I didn't necessarily play him the whole time, but when I played him, he did well for me. Matt Ryan available at that time? Yeah, I'm not thinking Matt Ryan over Baker Mayfield. Um, not this year. Matt Stafford available. I'm just talking about fantasy guys. Uh, yes. Stafford would have been available. Roethlisberger would have been available. These are huge fantasy number yeah, but, guys. but not as high on the list as uh, Matthew Berry had. Yeah, but it, okay. So we're going... That's, that's right. what I'm going off of here. And he gets to throw to ODB, and I get to handcuff that. They score a touchdown, I get double points. I like that. I'm down with that. Then I got Josh Jacobs, uh, who at the time on Matthew Berry's is a top 10 running back. So that means I got two top 10 running backs, according to Matthew Barry. I don't see any problem with this. What you're building is a, a team that would win if Matthew Barry had a drafting point system like you would win. But this is actual fantasy football where you have to play against other people. Yeah, but this all seems fine. Then I also got Antonio Brown. I knocked that one. Antonio Brown. Yes, he's got some feet issues right now. Feet issues. He can't even find a dude. No, he, he's got a helmet. It works now. He wasn't gonna play a week ago because they couldn't find a helmet. But, they, he, but it's all good. The well, head, I'm just the saying he's a head fine. case. No, it's good. He wants to play. Man, I've been also been watching Hard Knocks. 
Like last year, I was big on Baker Mayfield and like Njoku and some of these guys because I was watching Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks what? ruin a fantasy. I fantasy know, guy. I know. So I did it again this year, and I got two Raiders uh, with that. But I feel like I'm doing well. Baker Mayfield, Odo Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown, David Johnson, Josh Jacobs. The best wide, re- uh, sorry, tight end of the time that I could get is Vance McDonald. It really was the best that I can do. The first four guys were already gone. After that, it just doesn't matter. And uh, I'd heard uh, the prognosticators of the other podcast I was listening to talk that looks like Vance could have a really good year. He's hit or miss, whatever. Also got Chris Carson running back for Seattle. You know what's really interesting about this entire conversation is that nobody cares about your fantasy football team except you. But I'm not not saying you as BJ. I'm just saying in general speak, yes. like if I were telling you my fantasy football team, you would be like, "Oh, just... I'm looking for vindication." Though oh, that's I got the you. difference, because like I and I also got Kyler Murray. So the reason why I'm a Bears defense, and then Butker from uh, Kansas City for my kicker. The reason why I bring this up is I got a D plus for my grade. I feel great about all of this. I'm like, I got finished. Well, I feel pretty good about this. This feels good. I'm done. Wait for that grade to come out. Probably a B. Probably got to be on this. See how many victories they say I'm going to get. They say I'm going to I'm gonna be dead last out of my 10 teams. I'm going to win three games. And they also said I couldn't do worse if I tried. That's what Yahoo, that's the shade Yahoo threw at me. So really, as I've told people my team, I'm looking for somebody to go, you know what, I I actually feel like you did pretty okay. And so far, no one has told me that except my wife, who was only telling me that to make me feel better. I don't think you did very good. That's what everyone has told me. So that's why I'm also jonesing to get into another league so I can go in and... And like try to prove myself now or prove myself with this team. Here's the one thing you gotta remember though about fantasy football. It's a little like college. Like if you show up every day, you're probably gonna pass. That's yeah. the fantasy football thing. As I long know. as you manage the roster, you're not gonna finish last. I will tell you this. Here's the thing about our league here at the office. The we made a new rule. You have to have a bumper sticker. Now I don't do bumper stickers on my car, but I'll tape it up in the window mm-hmm. or like whatever. Yeah. It's legal. This says I suck at fantasy football. We're having that made. Oh, if uh, if you're the loser? Yes. Okay. That's fun. I don't think I'll lose. Like, cause I do pay attention. I make sure my my team is set and ready every every but we, game. We don't have one of those people that doesn't. Like we we've had the same core group of people for uh, years at this point. So yeah. it'll be fun. Okay. I'm excited by this. So we'll see. I, I feel like I want to redeem myself. But man, to be so excited about something. And then just to have that balloon pop as soon as, you know, it's handed to you. The the guy did an awesome balloon anime. This is great. And then you're like, oh, you're left with nothing. That was me with this gosh darn fantasy team. It's okay, BJ. I know. Well, hopefully it will be. But, you know, part of me is like, you know what? I'm going to show you. Because Odell Beckham is saying, I'm going to show you. And Antonio Brown's like, I'm going to show you. And Baker Mayfield's like, I'm going to show you. And Kyler Murray wants to prove himself. And I feel like they're going to help me win this Can year. I speak to a larger theory here? I, I have an idea about fantasy football sure. in like a way that it could be made better. Okay. And I've never heard anybody mention this before. I'm sure that it has been mentioned, but I've never heard it. The college football season is typically 12 games. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have either a, a, a conference championship game Mm -hmm. and then you know if you're fortunate enough you'll make a bowl game or you'll make the playoff right i think that the nfl fantasy season should be shortened to 12 weeks and here's why the playoffs the roster that you drafted typically doesn't matter true you're going to be missing massive pieces and it's whoever's hot starting in like week 13 or 14 Mm -hmm. and like i'm a dolphins fan like in real life so it always troubles me but i've had patriots in the past I've had Gronk in the past. I've had Tom Brady several times. Mm-hmm. And in those 13, 14, 15 win seasons, they don't play. Right. And so here I am in what's called the, you know, the championship game, the the Super Bowl or whatever of fantasy football and I'm having to play backups and go to the waiver wire. I don't understand why we can't shorten it to 12 weeks and then start the playoffs there. Yeah, so in my money league, we go week 13. Then the next week is the quarterfinals, semifinals. Week 16 is the final. Yeah, 16, you're right. Yeah. But there's a high likelihood that they're going to be starting, like, big-time point players in fantasy that won't even take a snap in Week 16. So are you wanting regular season to end at 12 and then just finish 
one week earlier at week 15, or are you wanting the whole thing to be done at week 12? You run it to week 12, and you do a college football style where you have four teams that make the playoffs. And that's what we have. We have quarter, uh, quarterfinals, semifinals. Oh, you just want four, so you'd only have a semifinals and a final. That's right, because you got a 10-team league. Yeah. It, it, how many teams make the playoffs in your deal? Uh, well, this year it's different because we, we, we had 12 teams. Now we have 10. Well, we have a quarterfinal and semifinals. That'd be eight teams make the... Right, so two teams miss the playoff? Now. Right. Yeah. So basically, if you keep your roster intact, one person won't do that. They'll miss a week. Yeah. And so that's an advantage for you. Why not end the thing at 12 and do 13 and 14 and you're finished? That'd be pretty cool because then you know that real people are playing. Like everybody can't make the playoffs. The major sports leagues are all doing that now. Like Major League Baseball expanded to a one-game playoff. The college football playoff, they're talking about that every year. Should mm-hmm. it be expanded? Should it be expanded? Right. The NFL wants to do another wild card. Mm-hmm. They've kicked that thing around. Everybody doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah. England, well, Europe. Europe figured this out with soccer a hundred years ago. Like you finish in the bottom three, you're not in the league that's, anymore. That's right. You're relegated. Mm-hmm. And then if you're in uh the the first division below, say, the English Premier League, yeah. the top three teams there, guess what? You're with the big boys now. Everybody doesn't get to make the playoffs. Like uh take soccer again, for example, the Champions League, Europe's best club teams, yep. right? You finish in the top four, you make the Champions League. Well, there's other 16 teams in a 20-team league, Bundesliga, Premier League, whatever. Yeah, uh, Syria, uh, you don't make it. Mm-hmm. You're you're out. But in America, we reward everybody. That's right. We everybody gets a trophy. You cap it at week 12. Four teams make the playoffs. 13 and 14. Week 14 still matters in in professional football. Yeah. Week 16 and 17 sometimes do not. The NFL knows there's a problem too. Because they're talking about doing away with preseason and adding additional football that matters. Mm-hmm. Just think what fantasy is going to do then in an 18 or 19 weekly. I I feel like the players just can't handle that because they're, they're not handling it now anyway. Because they're not like they're playing real preseason football right now that would get you to that amount of games. They're slowly trying to take the physicality out of football with rule changes. Mm-hmm. Like That's very much a thing that's happening. And I would say 10 years from now, football will look drastically different than it does today. Mm-hmm. You start easing out some of the physicality and you're able to lengthen the seasons. That you can. Uh-huh. I could go for days about this. I'm sorry. Have you heard about a super flex? Like super flex leagues? Where you can play basically anything. There could be an additional quarterback. Yes, you can yes. have it. So in, in some of these leagues, they take out your defense and kicker and replace it with two extra players. And in your super flex, you can run one extra quarterback. So you can have, let's say I have Baker Mayfield like I do in Kyler Murray. Both of them are starting this week. Or if I ended up picking up gangbusters, because the best problem you could ever have is like, oh, who, who should I pick between these two? Because they're going to do so great. Well, in a super flex league, you get to play them. Right. I think it's kind of cool. They said it's exciting because, you know, these scores are so high. And, and we've gotten to a time when we watch sports, we want to see, like in basketball, we'd like to see a 100-plus point game versus another 100 point, not a 60 to 70. Sure. That was boring or whatever it happens to be. I started playing fantasy football in uh, my dad at his office. Mm-hmm. This would have been 1996, 95, 96. Like when they did it out of the paper? It was pen and paper, yeah. and, you, and you read the box scores. And mm-hmm. I'll never forget my first quarterback was Frank Wright. Okay. Like that's Frank Wright coaches now. So that's how that's how long this has been. Yeah. And uh, the scoring was like, it was archaic back then. And I remember those first fantasy scores, like, did I win this week, Dad? Did I win this week? Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, well, uh, you lost 40 to, <laughs> you know, 40 to 32. And yeah. you're right now with those super flex leagues, you're going to have scores 227 to, yeah. you know, you know, 215. Uh, well, how does it work for the league here? Is it uh, is it PPR? Mm-mm. Oh, it's not not so. It's not a PPR. PPR is garbage. PPR is little kid fantasy. Okay, all right. So it's not PPR. It's just straight. You score. You score. PPR doesn't make sense to me. And I've been a I've been an opponent of going that direction. Like I stand up to Atwood anytime the PPR thing. That's comes Commissioner up. Atwood to you. That's right. But there's going to be the game where you win by two points. Yeah. And somebody had two receptions, even though. They one of them three was yards. one of them was for a loss of two, and yeah. the other was you know. Well, yeah, you wouldn't get the full one point on that. You'd get point eight. 
right in most of those leagues. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Now, because I heard uh, actually that same Bill Simmons podcast, he was railing on leagues that still do the snake draft and said that's for little kids and that you need to be able you do the the what do you call it where you're just you're bidding on not bidding but like uh yeah i guess you are bidding you pay 75 dollars for aaron Rodgers, and you're you know just kind of well you have a salary cap right in that regard we don't do a salary cap league here i when i started in fantasy football that team i was telling you about that had frank reich on it Mm -hmm. when i was 12 or 13 years old it was a salary cap league, and a 12- or 13-year-old me did not understand that. Right. And so I get where Bill Simmons was coming from, yeah. like entirely, but you got to have a lot of people that are completely educated on the value of an NFL player at a particular position. Yeah. Like the casual football fan can't play that way. Yeah, because you know, FanDuel and, and whatever the other one is, like that's draft what the, yeah, draft, that's what they do. You get X amount of cash, but they set the value already. Then you just have to work inside the parameters of your salary cap, and then picking the players. This is totally different, where there's a salary salary cap, and then you got to keep track of how much money you're spending. Right, you're partially right about DraftKings and FanDuel. They do set the value of the player, but the value of the player is actually determined by the market. If it's kind of like Vegas, mm-hmm. like you could have Super Bowl odds for you know pick pick a team, the Cleveland Browns. Okay. They, that's all anybody's talking about the Browns. That's what I, everyone's talking about the Browns and how well Baker Mayfield and how well Odell Beckham Jr. is going to do. That's all anyone's talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, they look great in seven on seven. So, um, <laughs> so here are the Super Bowl odds for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Well, if you and I and one hundred and twenty thousand other people. Put $100 on the same day on the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, the Super Bowl odds are going to change in Vegas, correct? Yes. The market is fluctuating. DraftKings and FanDuel kind of works that way, but it works week to week, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It does. So I understand what you're saying there. You're curious to see what the uh, Vegas odds are for the Browns making the Super Bowl? What do you think it is? Uh, The Browns making the Super Bowl? Uh, I'm sorry, winning winning the Super Bowl. Um, 14 to 1. 18 to 1. That was pretty close. And no, yeah. So the next level down, also an eighteen to one, Dallas Cowboys, Los Angeles Chargers. What are the uh, the Patriots? Are they twelve to one? Uh, six to one. Oh wow! They're tied for number one. Who do you think they're tied with? They are tied with the. I'm going to throw two teams at you, and I'm going to say the New Orleans Saints or the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, neither one of those, but both of them are in second place. Both at twelve to one. Uh, who's Kansas City Chiefs? Oh, I forgot the Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs and Patriots both at six and one. Your twelve and ones are the Bears, the Rams, the Saints, and the Eagles. And then your eighteen to ones I did. And then you got uh, Green Bay Packers, Vikings, Steelers, all twenty to one. And it just goes absurd. Who do you think the lowest one is? The, Mi- the Miami Dolphins or the Arizona Cardinals? You got it right with your first one. Five. 100 to 1. The Dolphins are tanking. The Miami Dolphins. The, the Dolphins are openly tanking. That Oh, on purpose? Yes. Oh, because they want the number one draft? Mm-hmm. It's suck for luck, but whoever... Tua. Tua. Oh, that's because that's who's going to be the number one draft pick. Yep. Yeah, who ends up schooling my University of Georgia Bulldogs. So your Arizona Cardinals that you mentioned, 200 to 1. Are they in... Uh, is that second to last? They are tied second to last. See if you can guess the other one, two, three teams that may be tied with them. Okay, uh, bad football teams. Here you go. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, you are correct. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is not correct. They are right above them at 100 to 1. Okay, uh, then I am going to go with the... Washington Redskins. You are correct. Only one more team to go. Who's struggling? Maybe making a quarterback change at some point during the year. A quarterback change at some point during the year. Their quarterback that they drafted in the draft this go-round has looked pretty stellar in preseason. The New York football Giants. You are correct. David Jones out of Duke University. He looks super solid. I didn't know who that dude was. Uh, Your other 100-to-1 teams, uh, the Lions and the Bills, and then everyone else is just kind of middle of the pack or whatnot. I feel like we're going to have some of the most exciting football to watch this go round because I feel like there's so many unknowns into this season. I don't recall a year or an offseason where so many players move to different spots, different cities uh, than this one. It just really seems like a lot of standouts. True, false? No, that's probably pretty accurate. 
there is a, a devalue of the wide receiver position happening now mm-hmm. that probably 10 years ago started with the running back. Mm-hmm. And I think teams are starting to figure out that you don't have to have big character-driven, flashy wide receiver. The Patriots have six Super Bowl rings. Yeah. Best receiver Tom Brady ever threw to was Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. He didn't win a Super Bowl that year. Yeah, And so I think teams are starting to, to learn this right now. Like, I wouldn't call Julio Jones, like, a, a big, flashy... He was nice. I'm not talking uh, su- skill level. I, I'm yeah, just saying... Su- substance, yes. Right. Flashy player. Right. In a- real life, no. A.J. Green yep. uh, is a lot like that. Who University not a- of Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. He's a bulldog. And you, if you can build around those guys, mm-hmm. and you have people that can catch the football, so the position's become a devalued because of that. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, wow, we don't have to have that guy... I think the Steelers are going to be a good football team this year. Okay. I loathe the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. But I think when you lose a piece like Antonio Brown mm-hmm. and, of course, Le'Veon, who didn't play last year, yep. and look what happened there. Yeah, James Conner stepped up. James Conner makes the Pro Bowl. I believe he may have actually been all pro. Ben Roethlisberger is not forced to throw the football somewhere to appease somebody's ego, mm-hmm. mindset, and attitude. Okay. And that opens up the offense a sure. little bit. Sure, Juju Smith-Schuster gets to step up this go-round and, and become the new Antonio Brown. Uh, but but in a different way. Sure. I, I don't feel like Ben Roethlisberger. Now, it may look that way because Juju is uh, the most talented receiver on the on the team. Yeah. But Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have to force him the football. He's got to get that ball to Vance McDonald. And help my team out. That's going to be a problem in Cleveland. Because of Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr.? Jarvis Landry doesn't have to be fed the football. He came up with Miami. Yeah. He's, he's He plays inside. He mm-hmm. plays between the hash marks. He In a PPR league, Jarvis Landry's probably the best there is. Yeah. Because he's going to... I had him last year. Everything inside of 15 yards. Mm-hmm. That's Jarvis Landry. He's not afraid of getting hit. He's a yard after yard after the catch guy yeah. as well. But Odell Beckham is going to need attention. Mm-hmm. A lot of attention. Which is that I have the quarterback and him. You're just telling me all good things here. Right. So I'm curious, and I've never talked to anybody about this before. In basketball, you have super teams. Yes. right? You've got people who get together and, and form these groups that are almost these unstoppable juggernauts. Sure. How come that doesn't exist in football? The collective bargaining agreement is entirely different. There's also a hard salary cap in the NFL, and here's the biggest part. There are 52 people on the roster instead of 12. Right. But I mean, so let's say you have this instance where uh, Pat Mahomes is your quarterback, Kansas City Chiefs, you know, really going to make a run for it. I really want a Super Bowl ring. I'm in a season where I can now go re-sign with someone and then, can other players talk to other players? Is that okay? I know coaches and there's some sort well, of... Well, it's tampering, but it happens. Okay. So, let's say I'm a stud running back and Kansas City doesn't have that. You know, Kareem Hunt, out, whatever it happens to be. And, well, they have Damian, Damian Williams this year. But let's say I am, let's just say I am Le'Veon Bell, not coming off of a year of sitting off. And I'm just like, you know what? I want that Super Bowl ring. I want to go there. So, now you got Pat Mahomes. And now you got Le'Veon Bell. And then someone goes, uh, like an Antonio Brown. Well, hey, I want to go do this over here. Then you get an Odell Beckham Jr. lining up on the other side. And they all agree that they've got a ton of money. They don't need it. They can take a reduced salary because they want to go get that ring. How come no that's how come is it because they're more greedy than football players or than basketball players? Or well, no, I mean, so the question is because I feel like if you're lining up. The stud running back, the stud quarterback, a good offensive line, and you're and you've got your receivers out there. No one can stop you on offense. Just not going to happen. Let me give you the radio example of this. Okay, this is what I do for a living. Yeah. Okay, and what you do for a living. Yes, I'm going to give up my salary here. Every talent fee, every appearance fee, all of that, I'm throwing it away. I'm going to make fifteen thousand dollars now, and I'm going to go work on the Howard Stern Show as a producer because I want. But here's the difference. To be on the mega team. Hang on a second. The difference there is you're leaving out the component of you already have enough money in your life. You don't have to work again. But, but, but okay, so this comes back to the collective bargaining agreement and the part that's different than basketball okay. and, and football. Basketball money, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Okay. Nobody in football, unless you're a, a quarterback that's 15, 20 years in at this point, mm-hmm. you're not making that kind of money because it's not guaranteed. Right. If you're injured and you miss games, you're not getting paid, and it's a contact sport. 
that's never going to be a thing. There's no receiver that's worth $300 million. Like, that's not a thing. Yeah. So the idea that you're presenting is, listen, I can make $24 million if I play for the Jets, or I can make $600,000 and I can go play for the Chiefs. That doesn't make sense financially, even if you're an, an ignoramus. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. But if, I'm just saying, you know, if you've got – I'm more so that is if you already have the money. I mean, these, if these guys have $20 million in the bank, does the Super Bowl ring mean that much to them? Not if your job's to bang your head into other people's heads over and over and over again. That $20 million can get depleted in a hurry. Well, like medical bills? Or like you're spending because you're dumb? Oh, yeah, the NFL has an issue with that now. You've heard of CTE? The caged elephant? I love them. Yeah, see, so like... Uh, I love them. Yeah, it's an issue, man. So, I'm, I'm celebrity net worthing Antonio Brown. Okay. I'm just curious, because would you say right now he's the biggest named wide receiver? No, it's Odell Beckham Jr. It's not so even Would close. you rather me do Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah, sure, but he just came off his rookie deal, so... Let's see. I mean, I'm going to say his net worth $40 million tops. Odell Beckham Jr. has a net worth of $25 million. That's what I was going to say, dude. I, and I went $45 million tops. They're not getting paid like you think they are, man. They really aren't. No. Because that's way different than that's I thought That's what you said. He, came, he just came off his rookie deal. He's just now starting to make money. All right. Antonio Brown is my next one because he's at least been around for a bit. I'm going to go $50 million. $30 million. Right. That's what I'm saying, dude. My mind is being blown by how little these guys have. Right. It's football. But still, like, well, give me, what's, oh, Tom Brady. Let's, let's, what do you think T. Brady's got? Okay. That's way different, too. I know, but I'm just, now we're getting into quarterbacks. Yeah, but he's got massive endorsement deals. So a better example would be like a Matt Ryan or a Matt Stafford. Well, what, just since I already pulled up uh, Tom Brady, what do you think? Um, $220 million? Uh, no. Mm mm. Now, to date, Tom Brady has earned approximately $275 million from salary and endorsements, but his net worth is $180 million in an annual salary of $26.5 million. $220, I wasn't far off. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which is, all right, so who did you want me to pull up that is not, not a T. Brady? Uh, uh, Matt Ryan. Or, or Matt Stafford, who's got a huge contract right now. He's another guy. And that's a bulldog. So you, yes, he is. I have a Matt Stafford autograph uh, University of Georgia football. I'm, very, a, I'm a big fan. Okay, what does Matt Ryan have? Uh, Matt Ryan's uh, net worth is uh, $70 million. Smack dab on the nose. $70 million and a salary of $30 million. Yeah, he's the recipient of a recent contract. So You think he's worth that at this point? He absolutely, without a doubt. Matt Ryan's a, Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford might be tied for most underrated quarterbacks. All right, in the what NFL. is Matt Stafford's net worth? Matt Stafford's net worth is sixty-two million dollars. Mm, sixty. You're right. You're almost right on that. Right. I'm there. telling you, dude. Okay. Now, now, yeah. I'll give you a, a basketball example. You ready? Yeah. Type in Kevin Durant net worth. Now, I want to show you the different here. The difference here, man. I'm going to do Kevin Durand, the actor, and he has $17. Now read this number out. All right, Kevin Durant's net worth, career earnings, and salary is $170 million. That's right. And Kevin Durant uh, mm. is on the short list. He's one of the top three best players uh, in, in the world right now yeah. in his sport, in yeah. basketball. Yeah. And he is worth Odell Beckham, Matt Ryan, and Antonio Brown combined yeah that's why the super team doesn't exist in football okay. their money's not guaranteed yeah and they don't have as much control plus you have to look at it uh from this perspective too there are five people on the court in basketball if you get kevin durant you get a top five offensive player you get a top five defensive player mm -hmm. you've got to spend double the money in football to do that like if you want jalen ramsey who's one of the best cornerbacks in football. Mm -hmm. And you want Odell Beckham Jr., two salaries. Yep. Two hefty salaries. Mm -hmm. So you can't go both ways. The The super team in football will never happen. But the closest example that you'll get to that is a Peyton Manning situation mm -hmm. where they draft Andrew Luck, and they're like, Peyton, want us a Super Bowl. Thank you for your service, man. See you on the other side. Yeah. And then the ball is in his court, and he gets to pick the situation that that's that he, best for you. him. Yeah. And then he's able to go to Denver, which if you remember, that is a super team because you had no offense to speak of whatsoever. 
She had the best defense in football. Mm-hmm. Now you just got top three all-time great quarterback to helm your offense. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter the talent you got around it because he can manage the whole thing. Yeah, sees the field like no other. Right, and you still got the best defense. Why is he not doing something in football from a and I I don't want I, he might go into like a GM type role at some point, but I mean from a broadcasting perspective, he's got two television shows. Well, he's got what it's on like ESPN Plus. He's got his little interview thing that he does. Yeah, but I think they're the two best shows they've got from a. Like I get that, but like I don't have ESPN Plus. I'm not going to buy ESPN Plus. You're missing out. You get all the UFC stuff. Yeah, but again, like if it's if it's decent, like the, the, you're going to see it on the internet, and I don't feel like paying for that. For a sports fan, like a uh, here's a good example. Like I get ESPN Plus. We live in South Carolina, which yeah. I'm not out of the region for the teams that I pull for. Like I'm mm-hmm. a North Carolina Tar Heel fan. Yep, get them. I get everything. Yeah. Like, if I want to watch the Tar Heels play baseball on mm-hmm. a Saturday afternoon, like, I can do that. Yeah. So, to me, it's, you know, worth it in that right. Plus, our local school here, uh, Coastal mm-hmm. Carolina. Yeah, CCU. Everything's on. If I want to watch Coastal play football, it's going to be on. But it's $5 a month. Yeah. I know it's not much. But here's the deal. The, the, the rumor was Peyton Manning was supposed to have Jason Witten's job. Okay. For Monday football. For Monday night football last year. And they offered him, the rumor was... $60 million to take that gig, which he would have been phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he would have been... How do you not do that? The travel schedule. What, it's 12 weeks? And then a couple of preseason games? The rumor was also that he was going to use the jet. So they, yeah, so they're going to fly you where you got to go. From wherever you what, are. Yeah, like why? Like I don't even like to fly, but if you told me right now, hey, man, we're going to send you the private jet, and you get to fly out to L.A., to go cover the comic San Diego Comic Con, or I guess I shouldn't say LA, San Diego. I'm, I'm gonna get on that jet. I don't even like to fly. Let's take the money aspect out of it right now, and let me ask you a practical question. Okay. Let's say that um, I oversaw radio stations, yeah, and that you were really good at, mm. at rock radio, like yep. you knew a whole lot about rock radio. Yeah. And I said, BJ, I'll tell you what, man, I got a rock radio station. And I need you to program it, man, because I think that you would be killer at it. But mm-hmm. here's the caveat. You're not going to see your kids in the morning. You're not going to pick them up from school. You're not going to be able to make uh, – you're not going to be able to go to karate because you may be tied up in this. Your answer's going to be no. Well, it's not every day, though. If you've got that schedule, not Peyton's not flying out there on Friday. Do me a favor. Okay. Peyton Manning Net Worth. You're already on the site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stay right there, and I'll type that in. This is going to lend itself back to my point, I think. That he already has the money? No, no, that's not the point. So, no. Peyton Manning's net worth is $200 million. So, he is the richest. So, check this out. Yeah. Who's to say that Sunday, which I'm guessing on Monday Night Football, that's the prep day? Now, yeah. first off, Peyton Manning's not the kind of guy that's phoning it in. Right. He's, gonna, he's doing the Gruden, dude. He's watching the tape. Mm-hmm. He's going to see everything. Yeah. He's going to get buried in it. When you've got $200 million, a wife, and kids, you don't. Pick them up from school and maybe take them to karate. Like, I feel like you're doing, like, ultra-rad stuff all the time. And if somebody offers you $60 million, but I got to leave on Sunday and watch a whole bunch of tape Thursday through Saturday or Thursday through Sunday or whatever, and I'm not going to be back until Tuesday, I, I like, I get it. Yeah. I don't know. Because he's willing to go do a GM job or, or you know, whatever uh, what's-his-face in Denver's doing, the former quarterback. What's-his-face? Uh, uh, John Elway. John, John Elway. Peyton wants to go do a job like that too. That's more than a nine to fiver. So he he loves football. He wants to do something like that. From what the reports have said, you can turn being a GM into a nine to fiver. Now, not nine to five is in your in at nine and, and out five or an out at five every day. As a GM, you don't necessarily have to travel on the road games. As a matter you of don't. fact, you don't do that at all. Yeah, right. And you are at home. I don't know where Peyton Manning lives. Uh, probably either Indianapolis or maybe in Louisiana. Or well, I bet Peyton's got houses. Nashville. Yeah, he's probably got one in Nashville. He's probably like, around. Right. Yeah. So what job does he take? I mean, he's the GM of who? The Saints. The I, I think whatever. I mean, that would be like a hometown type cool thing. I don't think he goes and works for Jim Ursay in Indianapolis. That didn't really end the best. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm just disappointed. How much? Uh, how much do you think his brother Cooper Manning has? Uh, $7 million? $15 million. Okay. You know what's insane about that? It's Cooper Manning, just a couple of bucks behind, like, 
professional football athletes. Let me th- okay. Let Let's, me. Uh, I got to click on Eli real fast. What do you think Eli's got? Seventy-eight million. A hundred million dollars at eighteen, and then he also has eighteen million a year. Archie's got ten million. Archie had a lengthy career. I bet a lot of that's after the fact. He's a commentator. What's Cooper worth? Fifteen. Uh, Cooper's worth fifteen million dollars. All right, so check this out. Let me give you an NFL player that I bet's close to that. Okay. That has had an, an actual NFL career. Type Rodney Pete net worth. This is going to be crazy. Rodney Pete, who had a, a real, honest to goodness NFL career, has a net worth of five point five million. Yeah, see, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Cooper Manning has the last name and is worth more than Rodney Pete played in like a what 10, 12 year career? Sixteen year 16 career. Sixteen seasons. Jeez. He retired in two thousand and four. How about that? Yeah, I remember Rodney Pete with, uh, I believe he played with Cincy, played with New Orleans for a little while, I believe. Hard, I, yeah, I know the name. Couldn't tell you anything beyond that. So how about that? I, I love the celebrity net worth game. Well, I've heard other celebrities talk about how this is grossly inaccurate. But a part of me thinks that it's not, and they just say that because they're a little embarrassed. Wouldn't you say that it was... Oh, i got to stop. My car's missing. Missing. Yeah. So what you didn't hear was Adam had to take a phone call for a quick second, actually for a few minutes, to deal with the situation. So who knows what the heck we were even talking about when that happened, football related. So you've been without your car since John Mayer. Yeah, so I went to see John Mayer in concert in Charlotte. and yeah, Which then, was the last podcast that I think we talked about. Yes, and it's the oddest thing, too, because I have a great car. So when I tell this story, it's going to sound like I've, you have a POS, but right. you don't. You have a really nice car. But I don't, I, and I have. But the car did something odd. It started running hot, mm-hmm. and I wasn't even out of town. Like, I drove my car to Charlotte, and then I'm on my way back to the beach, and then, you know, these indicator lights come on. So I call the dealer mm-hmm. uh, here where we live, and he said, don't go any farther. You've got an extended service warranty. We want to figure out what's wrong with it. I'm going to get you in touch with the dealer where you are right now. They'll come get you. They'll take care of the car. They'll give you a loaner. You can take it back home. So I did that. Well, <laughs> basically all the Chrysler dealerships in the area all ran out of loaners. So mm-hmm. I didn't have a vehicle to drive to get back to Winston-Salem where my car was. Yes, you're out of cars. Right. And then I figured out that part of my warranty and my car insurance itself actually cover mm-hmm. for me to have the car shipped back to where I am. So four or five days ago, I call this carrier service mm-hmm. to bring my car back. Well, the first driver had like a heart attack or something. Okay. Yeah, true story. He gets hospitalized. All right, can't get it. My car's supposed to be here like Saturday. Yes. Doesn't happen. Okay. So they call me and they've been great. And they're yeah. like, listen, we're going to reduce your charges to bring the car back. We're sorry for the inconvenience. Yeah. And then the new driver just got to the dealership. So when he had to take a call just a second ago, this is what happened. This is so I'm informed via a, a voicemail okay. deal where, you know, it texted out or no, whatever. Sure, yeah. And all I read is, the car is not at the location. Please call us at your convenience. And I'm thinking... What's, oh, what else can happen? Right. This is unbelievable. But turns out, I believe that the carrier is at the wrong location. I've had a few cars moved around, as I have moved around. And the latest one that I did, I had a car shipped to me from Missouri or Kansas, Kansas City to me. And, you know, you order a carrier. Yep. And I'm picturing... Like when you're driving down the road and you see a car carrier and there's like seven vehicles on it and you know they're trying to coordinate the stops between I can I gotta drop a, a car off here and then go there and then blah blah blah, and then when the dude shows up it's one dude and he's just got a truck that you can put a car on maybe two and that's it I'm like oh this is like just a a guy who probably runs the region and does that, I bet that's the same case for what you got going on here. Do you remember the service that you used? No, but he, uh, the, the, wherever that... Sounded similar? <laughs> yes. Sounded very similar and uh, for, for the uh, for the vehicle that I have. I, I believe they've outsourced the uh, call center there for the service. Yeah, and um, but uh, so uh, hopefully the dude can find your car and bring it back because you're without it until this dude shows up. Yeah, I'm driving... Uh, now I really am driving just a piece of junk. Yeah. It's POS. But it'll make you appreciate your car when you actually get it. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Even though the dealership called me. Did I tell you this story? No. Dealership calls me, and, I, and I'm and i not making fun of an accent. Believe me. Everybody, because yeah. it, it's in Winston-Salem, and that's where I'm from, so everybody sounds like me, but this dude calls me. The day I dropped my car off, 
Uh, and he goes, hey, man, I just want to let you know, looks like somebody tried to break into your car at some point. And I was like, great. Yeah. Super. So I guess that happened when I valeted in Charlotte. Really? Yeah. Did they take care of it while they had it? Maybe, like, get some dents out or something? You know what they did? You know the uh, on the door handle, there's, like, the little rubber piece, and if yeah. your keys are on you or something, it'll unlock the doors if you touch that. They, yeah. Somebody had pried that off. Oh, okay. And tried to stick, I guess, like a fabricated key, key or device or something inside of there. Yeah. Uh, so what's funny, you speak about accents or whatever. You, uh, for your local radio show, just lost your co-host. Mm-hmm. And it's as popular as your show is... It is amazing how people don't pay attention to the details of any of that. Even right now, let's say uh, they don't know maybe if, if... You're Adam and I'm BJ. Right. But that's not the case. Well, I'm Adam. You and, are Adam yes. and I am BJ. And so this past weekend, I'm at this uh, soccer tournament uh, away from here. And where we mentioned the draft earlier. And, you know, everyone's from here. And one of, we end up, we have a mutual uh, friend uh, where his son is on my soccer team and you know him. Uh, so he knows who you guys are. You lost your partner, James, and then uh, somebody had overheard that and had mentioned something. Who did you did you lose the guy with the accent? No, like that's Adam. He's still there. But I think people perceive you as for that show, heck, and maybe for this one as well, the guy with the accent. Uh, without a doubt. Now, when you hear that or when people do that, does that bother you one iota or you're like i get it man i'm from winston-salem like twofold when i uh, first started in radio and i grew up a child of the 90s mm-hmm. and i listened to howard stern and yeah. i just thought that howard had he was the coolest dude that i had ever heard that i when he was doing the e-show i'd never seen anything like that and private mm-hmm. parts came out and i'm like man you know howard always made out like his job was really stupid yeah but I was like, well, it might be stupid, but that's for me. Right. You know, I want to do that. And uh, I got my first radio job in Greensboro, and I asked the operations manager at the time if I could be on the air because I was a, like a promotions guy. and Street teamer. I, yeah, street teamer, and I would call winners, like all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. He told me that as long as I had this accent, I would never be on the air. Yeah. Television, radio, otherwise. Mm-hmm. It was never going to happen. And that was the most defeating thing that I had ever heard, to the point where I was going to take voice lessons. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't take voice lessons, and I eventually got on the radio, and that guy got fired. Mm-hmm. Not because he told me that I was going yeah. to I'll show him. Yeah, he just lost his job. But uh, I was embarrassed about it for a long time. Yeah. Because I would get made fun of a lot. But not in your hometown, because everyone sounds like you. Yeah, but nobody on the radio or television sounds like True. me. True. So I still got made fun of then, and then I yeah. went to then I went to Texas. Okay, and then people. That's when it started to where people were like, they thought it was a cartoon character, mm-hmm. like I was walking into a studio and doing a voice. I'm gonna go be Southern for a little bit, right? Yeah, and like that's the cheesy, like I'm some John Boy and Billy, yeah, golf spin closet character. Thing. Sure. And then I came to Myrtle Beach, and then I was still a little bit like, man, I know I sound like a stupid redneck. I completely understand it. But then I started getting endorsement deals. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, you can make that work for you. Sure. You get shake what your mama gave you. Exactly. And so now I'm kind of like that. And I do get that a lot. Like if I'm in town, people are like, I know you. I thought that was fake. Mm-hmm. No, it's not fake. And here's what, and, and I, we have not discussed this on the podcast before, because what they, what they didn't hear was you on the phone with a lady from your hometown. And when you talk to her the real accent really comes out yeah and what we get for the podcast or, or whatever is even a more i would call it abridged yes oh yes <laughs> an abridged version of the accent so my question this was a, a while ago so do you put the accent on for the show because on your show there is a little bit more than you do for here and your answer to me was the more comfortable you are the more you have the accent right and, and I don't think anybody believes that, but it's real. And now that you heard me talk to that lady... Yeah, no, it, you, 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 took it, you took it up a notch or two when you were talking to her. I'd still... Uh, the pod, this podcast is a little different. 
Yeah. Because I don't know who's listening to it. And they could be anywhere. Yeah. But I would believe it not to be a pocket of people in Myrtle Beach or Charlotte or Yeah, they Greenville are. Or, honest to goodness, looking at the metrics, we do have a few people globally. But, yeah, mostly here in the U.S., we do have a few in other countries. So I'm cognizant of the idea that I don't want my accent to stand in the way of what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I want people to be able to understand me. Because when I travel... That can be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if I travel with people from back home and I'm in You a, guys get all super southern. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, we're ordering at a restaurant and it's like, excuse me? Yeah. What did you say? The mayor of this town mm-hmm. can't understand things that I say. Okay. Yeah. And, and and it makes me... I'm self-conscious of that yeah. because I don't want to sound like an idiot. Right. When I'm doing a radio and it's going really well... Mm-hmm. And you're not thinking about it? Right. You don't realize that you're doing it anymore, and mm-hmm. you're just having a conversation. Right. And uh, and I feel comfortable now all the way, but I also know about that map and that we have people listening in other places, and I don't want people to not be able to understand that because I feel like I enjoy the content that we do. Right. Now, I know for me, I grew up in the South. My sister has an accent. My parents have accents. Uh, my uh, cousins, everybody in my family has an accent and at some point I did as well but as soon as I realized I can go do radio I dropped that thing and I consciously the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane he thrusts his fist against the post and still insists he sees their ghosts when it probably started the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane and I had one guy go read this to me and it was uh, www something. Those are the worst. And I and so he showed it to me. And I went uh, www dot. He goes, uh, "What is that?" Is a W. Uh, no, that is a W. That is a W. I'm like, uh, yeah, W. No, man, W. And that's when I realized, oh, I may say things that's a little different than the rest of the world because I'm from the South. So from that moment, I really focused on ditching any sort of accent that I had and now I really used to have the accent if I tried to do a southern accent now I it sounds like I've never even heard it before and I sound like it's a put on to when it used to be me all the time and now I just this is me all the time there's no other there's nothing else so to speak to that for a minute too if I did what you do which is do uh, a radio shift that is music intensive Mm -hmm. and when you do speak you are delivering information Mm -hmm. and you do the news yes i'm never going to get hired to do the news and there's a high likelihood that i'm never going to be a disc jockey in the truest sense where i'm selling records delivering music and I'm, i'm producing information now i can have a conversation and be funny and entertaining and all that stuff which is suited to morning drive yeah which is what i do a morning show but i did have a uh somebody tell me one time somebody that at least for me was highly regarded in radio tell me that those are the things that you have to take advantage of the fact that you sound different mm-hmm. and uh, i've heard howard stern speak to, to come back to howard stern for like the fifth time in this podcast but the, if you listen to howard like i used to think that i wanted when i was 20 years old I would have killed the sound like Tom Brokaw, mm-hmm. even though he's got some kind of busted speech thing too. <laughs> I'm Tom Brokaw, G- Gerald Ford. Yeah. You know, it's like that old thing. Pop some popcorn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you didn't notice it when you were watching the news oh, yeah, when, yeah. when I was a kid, or a uh, Lester Holt, mm-hmm. who has a great sure that lack of an accent, this weird upper Midwest thing. Mm-hmm. I would have killed to have that. Yeah, but like Lester Holt can't deliver a joke, not for real. It, you the know, joke could be deadpan and lost on people. Right. And if you, when I went back and listened to Howard, because I used to think, man, I wish I sounded like Howard. Howard's got the most New York sounding accent there is. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess he never got beat up over that. Or if you watch private parts, maybe he did. Yeah. Because that was the WNBC, mm-hmm. like that whole thing or whatever. So I think it's okay, depending on what you do. But also, there are limitations with that. Because you are, would still be able to do morning drive. Yep. You could do the news, mm-hmm. and you can uh, certainly you can be a, a disc jockey. Those are things that, that you, you do. So I limit myself. But I also open myself up to other things also. Like, I'm doing this character now. Yes. <laughs> what is the name? Is the character still the name that I thought it was? Chris, Chris P. Bacon. P. Yeah. The name of the, this guy is Chris, middle initial P, 
last name Bacon. Now, you're a pig, right? Yeah. This so, character? So I do this character, and it's a pig, and it's for this barbecue restaurant in, in a different town. And I do this character. once <laughs> again. Now, I am getting paid to do the character. <laughs> so that's cool. But it opens... I enjoy that. I know yeah. that it's goofy and yeah. that it's easy to make fun of. But I think that, you know, there is some sort of, like, character acting element to that. Sure. And even though it's corny and goofy and relatively stupid, I really enjoy it's fun. the artfulness there. Yeah. No, I would love to do a cartoon. I would love to be a character on a cartoon. So that's... Uh, that's the end game for me right yeah. now, is to do voice work or a, a cartoon. And not to sound like pretentious or anything, but when you hear Southern accents, and I've heard voice actors talk about this, mm-hmm. it's one of the most difficult things to do. It is, because you got to figure out, my brother-in-law is from South Georgia. Which is way different than what I sound like. It's super different. I call it Southern proper, because it is gone with the wind Southern. When they say, oh, I went full, though, down the road. You'll get that around Savannah. You'll yeah. get it in Beaufort, South Carolina. Yeah. yeah. And that, and it's Southern proper to where they, they sound almost like rich Southerners, like plantation Southerners. Well, they, they, have, they, have, help on the, they have help on the main stage. Yeah. And, that's, and, and, and he, this, uh, so my brother-in-law's name is John T. He'd lived with us for about six months or longer. And he'd come home, and we would sit around the dinner table and talk. And I'm, we're also in Georgia at the time. And this was uh, maybe, you know, 13, 14 years ago. And I, no accent, I'm, even though I'm living in Georgia and Atlanta, but Atlanta's a, a melting pot of everywhere. Yeah, eclectic. So it's, e- it's easy to not pick up an accent while you're there. But I will tell you, the more he stayed with us, the more I would kind of drop in to a little Southern because his is that, you know, that good old-fashioned Southern. So think, um, think Kevin Spacey. Uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Yeah. Uh, think Foghorn Leghorn, but way more articulate. <laughs> yes, I said, I said. <laughs> but that's that's the idea. Yeah, I uh, think Colonel Sanders. Yeah, you know, it's kind of. In, I don't know what Colonel Sanders is doing today because they have so many different ones now. And to me, Kentucky is not really the South. And I only say that because I lived in Kentucky. I did radio there for a handful of years. Did you see the morning show I did the other day? I drew the crude. I saw some sort of a map, but I didn't know what the map was. I didn't ask what it was. So I redistricted the South. Okay. And I and I uh, drew new state lines. All right. So basically, uh, west of Atlanta. Okay. I made Alabama all the way to just east of like Shreveport. Okay. So that's all became Alabama. All right. I decided that Tennessee didn't need to be redrawn at all. Okay. Like they kind of had it together unless we wanted to give Memphis to Missouri. All right. Like probably should. Or like just the Ozark area. Okay. And then um, Raleigh, Durham, Cary, Chapel Hill. Mm -hmm. I drew a U right there in the north central part of North Carolina gave yeah. that to Virginia okay traded it for the Shenandoah Valley in <laughs> Richmond Virginia okay and then all of Virginia and Maryland Kentucky all of that became what I called other stuff all right like I would I would imagine in my scenario oh also too I gave Hilton Head uh-huh. to Georgia okay and I gave Beaufort and Charleston to Georgia as well because Charleston wants to be Savannah in the worst possible that's, way that's true yeah so I gave that stuff to Georgia all right. and sort of left uh, and it's all very close to each other if you look on a map as the crow flies it's all the same area I gave uh the Rock Hill greater York County area to Charlotte okay. I gave that to North Carolina yeah. and I also gave Greenville Spartanburg because they're trying to be hipster or whatever yeah I gave that to North Carolina as a part of the Asheville district okay but the Kentucky thing I uh, had mapped out that they operated as an autonomous collective because they are the most confused like Lexington yeah is a real that's where I lived that's a legitimate city yeah, it is now and it's uh very much akin to Asheville Greenville yeah. uh Maybe a Raleigh-ish type. You know what I mean? There, yeah, there's, there's a, a lot. There's field. a lot of money there because right. of all the horses and horse farms around the area. Now we didn't enjoy living there at the time. We didn't have any kids at the time. My wife and I were married while we were there, and we, you know, and so that's where we lived. And it just wasn't a place that we wanted to have a kid and raise a kid. But at the time, we were in our twenties or whatever. So this is a, this is a while ago. Like uh, as we record this, today's my daughter's sixteenth birthday. Right. And now we look back and go, you know what? I bet we would enjoy that city now. We're in our 40s. It's probably a nice place to live. But while I was there, I'd hear them go, uh, some, some people were in front of me, and they had some people from out of town, and they said something about y'all. And they said, y'all. She goes, oh, it's a Kentucky thing. And I took everything I had to go, oh, uh, no, ma'am. I'm sorry. Y'all is not a Kentucky thing. Now, though I have no accent, I use y'all 
the way it's supposed to be used. I use it in my everyday vernacular, though my daughter refuses to use the word y'all. Is it uh, insulting to her? Like, I think it is. I think she doesn't. it doesn't sound smart enough for her. It is a legit conjunction. Yeah, it's fine. Like I, 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 where I grew up in Stone Mountain, Georgia, uh, if you've never visited Stone Mountain Park, it's amazing. Um, don't let the fact that it's a giant, the world's largest Confederate <laughs> memorial park. That's a beautiful carving. S- I mean, I, you, know, you know, sway you. Uh, there is, uh, I mean, Atlanta is the best place to be black in the world. It is fantastic. And then Stone Mountain is just outside of that. And plenty of people come to Stone Mountain Park. And we had something there during the, and maybe they still do, called Tour of the Southern Ghost. And they've got all these old houses. There's a lot of Civil War stuff. That is still, that's still operating. Okay. And so we would go every year because it's in my backyard, essentially. And you'd go through and they'd give you all these ghost stories. You're in this old plantation house. It was really cool. They would sell these buttons that say, boo, (laughs) y'all. Because that's where we are, and that's what it is. And that's because that's a Southern thing. That is not a Kentucky thing. What's the most Southern state? The Alabama. And I think that it's not even close. You don't think so? Oh, also, just to go back to what's the South and what isn't. Yeah. So I did like this Teddy Roosevelt deal where I cut a canal. <laughs> you really got into this redistricting. I, I cut a canal right across the state of Florida. Okay. Basically. South of Orlando? South of Orlando, north of Tampa. Okay. And then I decided against that entirely, <laughs> and I actually cut the trench to start just north of Jacksonville. Okay. But to include the entire panhandle, and you know who got the panhandle? Alabama. Okay, yeah, yeah. If it's just south of it anyway. Alabama gets Destin. Mm-hmm. Alabama gets Pensacola. Yeah. Tallahassee. P- uh, Panama City Beach. Panama City Beach. Sure. They get all of that. And then Florida, I actually sent that off. Like, I don't know the engineering behind this, yeah. but I sent it off closer to Cuba so that now... If I'm you, pretty sure you can't move it. But. <laughs> if you wanted to vacation in Florida, it's almost like this Caribbean paradise. I got you. And I've turned it sideways. Oh, wow. You really did get into But that. Alabama is without a doubt the most southern state. I think so. How much time you spent in Alabama? Not a ton. You been to the Space Center? Oh, man, it was a field trip when I was a kid in school. I went uh, fifth grade, I think fifth grade, sixth, somewhere in there. I think I went twice to uh, to Huntsville to go to Space Camp. And that's Huntsville, Alabama, and that's all that's there, right? And everybody works for NASA or... Then, I don't know what's up with it now. I've been through Birmingham a couple of times, and then... But it's not really a place that you go to vacation. It was always something we would just drive through if we were going somewhere. Because I would take, you know, southern vacations with my grandparents every every summer. What about uh, Tuscaloosa? Never been. What about Auburn? Never been. I not know if you'd ever seen football games. No. No. Honest to goodness, I've only seen that in Sanford Stadium or in Commonwealth Stadium in Lexington, Kentucky, because that's where we were. Beyond that, I haven't seen anywhere else. I, you know, the Georgia Dome. And then now uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You've never been to the uh, neutral site game in Jacksonville? No, I'm not a drinker. And so just to be around that many drunk people doesn't seem appealing to me. It really doesn't. I mean, I stopped drinking 20 years ago. And so not that I don't mind drunk people, but I don't want to be at the world's largest tailgate or cocktail party tailgate, whatever they call it these days, I forget. Like It just doesn't seem appealing to me at all. I feel like there's a lot of seersucker. Uh, yeah, that one probably does. If I want to see that, I just go down to Charleston. It just that's just brunch on a Sunday. Charleston, Georgia. <laughs> yes, I would go down <laughs> to Charleston, Georgia. I feel like you need to draw that up for real Z so we can post that on our. Did you have a picture of it? I uh, I didn't take a picture, but I for sure. I mean, I had the whole thing. You did, and so, I had it color coded. Yeah, so I want you to redo that. Okay, and then that way we'll post it on our Instagram. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening today. Uh, we covered all kinds of fun stuff, and I think we might be because we did a lot of football talk today. I think we might do a little bit of a branch off and do an actual fantasy football. Uh, talk uh, with a buddy of mine, Jeff Bogus, who is the Sultan of Stats. Uh, he is one of the highly regarded fantasy football statisticians in the nation. And I talked to him over the weekend about uh, coming on and and doing fantasy football talk. And so it, you know, granted we have we didn't hit comics or anything like that today. Uh, we just kind of started and then ended up where we are today. But maybe just doing fantasy football for those that are into it and want to really like I need help clearly with my team. Uh, that I've drafted so far. So I think we're going to end up you know, adding that to the uh, No, I Don't Live in My Parents' Basement umbrella and then maybe dive in a little bit more into more specific things. We could talk about those. Well, there are a, a great deal of movie 
trailers. The D twenty three Expo happened, but yep. I, and we didn't want to talk about Spider Man because it had already occurred. Yep. If you haven't seen the D twenty three stuff, then you're probably not subscribed to this podcast. Is that fair? That's fair. We're a few days outside of that at this yeah. point. You would have yeah. seen that stuff Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. The surprise stuff I can tell you as we uh, conclude the podcast today is that uh, it's been confirmed that Woody Harrelson will be in Venom two yep. as Cletus Cassidy as a full on character. So maybe they're going with that now that Spider Man is really back into the Sony fold, does Tom Holland make an appearance in that movie now to where he absolutely would not have a week ago? That script's going to blow. So probably will. So at least, you know, Andy Serkis is directing. I kind of trust that. Also, uh, that just hit today is a newly edited cut of the delayed X-Men spinoff, The New Mutants, has been going for test audiences and has actually been screening pretty well. And that does have a release date of uh, next spring it's supposed to be coming out uh, of april 3rd of next year they may actually do that because otherwise it probably was going to show up on some sort of a streaming thing so new mutants may actually come out to theaters because a lot of people just thought they were going to shelve that so we there's a little bit of nuggets of stuff you may not have seen by the time you listen to this so if you hung through football and this you're a good person Uh, Like us on uh, Instagram, like us on the Twitter, and make sure you subscribe. And if you know someone who likes this sort of stuff too, make sure you tell them as well. And as always, thanks.